1: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On
2: his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I was a spectacular
1: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now
1: here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: Well, we did a 12 team PPR mock draft last night, and one of us had the guts to draft. Four receivers, one, two, three, four. First four picks were wide receivers. How did that team turn out? You know, Dave's first three picks were running backs. How did that team turn out? And uh, so Jamie's here, Dave is here, and King of the Auto Pick Dan Schneider is here as well. What happened uh, on Tuesday night, Dan? A lot of auto picks from
3: you. First of all, there were not a lot of auto picks. There was like two. Let's start by saying that. that's a that. lot. That's that's second a of all. Let me just say this: Azer, 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 Azer. First of all, <laughs> yeah. you are the actual king of auto-picks because we've seen you auto-pick, I don't know, 10 to 25 times throughout this mock season. Those were my first two of the entire mock season. I think you're so confusing me with keep, someone. I think we know let's the Let's just of keep auto the picks. larger yeah, yeah, yeah. sample size frame here.
0: All right. I'm going to start you guys off with a trivia question. Today on the show, we will talk about the mock draft. We will talk about how our teams looked, what we liked, what we didn't like, some takeaways uh, and advice <laughs> that we can give to you. Best picks and worst picks, those types of things. We also have some fill-in-the-blank and a lot of news. Um, news on Michael Carter, the Randall Cobb trade, Michael Thomas update, some COVID updates, those things. Okay, guys, this is not a fantasy-relevant trivia question necessarily, but it's. I think it's fun. There were five wide receivers who led their position with two rushing touchdowns. Five wide receivers last year had two rushing touchdowns. Can you name them?
1: Curtis
3: Samuel. Mm-hmm. LaVishka Chennault or no?
0: No. Is that an auto pick? Because that was pretty bad.
4: (laughs) Okay, that was bad.
0: Tyreek?
3: Yes, Tyreek is correct. Uh, 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 Did Debo Samuel play enough games to get one? No, Brandon Ayuk, though. Brandon Ayuk had a couple, right? Yeah,
0: he had two. Oh, there we go.
3: He He had three as a rookie, none last year.
0: Three out of five. We have Ayuk, Tyreek, and Dave, you said, just to make sure I don't give away one of the answers. Who did you say? Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. Okay, two more.
4: Are they prominent players, or are they?
3: Yeah, yeah they are.
0: One of them is probably a fourth round pick, and one is I don't know, maybe a sixth round pick.
3: Did they so give they any left to Lamb? Did they give any to Lamb? Lam, no, Lamb.
0: Oh, Robert no. Woods. Robert Woods. Oh, Lamb well, had one. Nice. Lamb had Wait, one touchdown.
1: The question was what?
0: Two rushing touchdowns for five wide receivers. We have Ayuk, Tyreek Hill, Curtis Samuel, and Robert Woods. Who's the last one? He only had 16 rushing yards, but he had two oh. rushing touchdowns.
3: I feel like it's that weird guy on the Bills that they like gave a couple. No, r- no, no, in- yeah, Is it McKenzie, McKenzie? six round pick. Okay, and it's definitely not him then. Roughly, I'm gonna mm-hmm. cheat. And look at our draft. <laughs> <laughs> he's That's a ro- he was a
0: rookie last year.
4: Uh, it wasn't Judy? He wasn't a six round pick.
1: He was a six round pick. In yes. the NFL draft, it was the sixth no, round.
0: Oh, no, no. In fantasy drafts, he's going in the sixth round.
3: Oh, I thought you meant the NFL
1: He's actually draft. Michael going Michael
3: Pittman? Was it Pittman? He's actually
0: going in like the seventh round.
3: No, it wasn't Pittman. Claypool.
0: It was Claypool. Claypool. There you yep. go. Okay. <laughs> Fun trivia question to start the show. The trivia question was actually, can you name them? And the answer to the trivia question was kind of. So good job. <laughs> All right, we'll get to the news and notes in just a minute. It is the final week to vote for Fantasy Football Today and the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We really do appreciate everything our listeners do for us. Hopefully, we give a lot back to you. Um, And if you wouldn't mind nominating us, it will only take about 60 seconds. Go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and select Fantasy Football Today. In the sports category, please. You can do people's choice as well, but the sports category is the one we're focusing on. Podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up, or you can click the link in the top of the episode description. All right. The NFL is placing no restrictions on Deshaun Watson in camp. How about instead of me flying through the news and notes here, why don't you guys tell me what you think the biggest news items are of the last day or two? Jamie, uh, anything jump to mind? We have the Cobb trade. We've got the Michael Carter first team stuff, uh, Pup list, COVID list. What's the biggest news for you?
4: Well, I mean, obviously, if you're going to make demands on a team, it's got to be to get one of your best friends to come with you, right? Like, (laughs) that's obvious what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, He also brought up Jake Kummerow in his press conference today. So who knows that there's a reunion coming there also. Uh, The Watson news is the biggest thing. The fact that he's on the field with them. Um, He's been doing some scout team stuff. He's been uh, lining up in the backfield. He's been lining up uh, on defense, it's been a very weird day. Uh, the fact that they're letting him practice is strange because yep. if you're trying to trade him uh, and he gets hurt, you're screwed. Um, but the fact that he's even out there, you know, with uh, with his team, knowing that he wants to be traded and and the investigation is still ongoing, it's a uh, it's a very 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 interesting development. And the other one I think that's that's also interesting, just in terms of personnel stuff, is Zach Ertz uh, taking the field with the Eagles too. That's something that I certainly didn't expect to happen. And uh, sounds like Courtney Howie Roseman, the GM. Um,
1: he's going to be with the team. So I, think, I think the Lamar Jackson COVID news is, is interesting. The fact that he's apparently tested positive, not there for the first day of practice. We'll see what that means. You know, I, Maybe the positive thing that comes out of that, no pun intended, is that if he does have it and he gets is sick now, maybe there's a really good chance he doesn't get sick again by the time the season's over because hand-head bodies build up and all that stuff. So not having him there, not having Zach Wilson with the Jets on their first day of training camp, uh, that seems a little inconvenient for both of those teams, but it's something that can get worked out. I do think that the Michael Carter news, the fact that he opened camp as the number one running back for the Jets is very good news. I'm going to go with a little outside-the-box one
3: here. I think the the fact that Garther Minshew is working with the ones and – so it, and one's and twos and so is Trevor Lawrence. And according to Urban Meyer, that's going to be a pattern, quote unquote, for a while at training camp. I think that's interesting because I came into this somewhat expecting Lawrence to just kind of take over right away as that one um, for a multitude of reasons. But Meyer is a little bit more of that old school version coach. And I'm curious if this could bleed
1: over into like deep into the preseason. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance like that Trevor Lawrence isn't ready and that they use Gardner maybe for week one? I would think that he's one of the most pro ready quarterback yeah, prospects we've had before. in a while. It, it, so,
4: it, before you brought that up, Dan, I was just about to say, uh, I was going to bring that up in terms of Michael Carter taking the first reps for the Jets. It's hard to gauge with rookies what they're doing, what teams are doing, because are the Jaguars making Trevor Lawrence earn the spot? Are they putting Gardner Minshew as the potential starter as trade bait because, you know, he still right. has some trade value? Um, has Michael Carter already earned the job, you know, for for the for the Jets? You know, is that something that they're they're gonna determine already and let him fail before it make him prove himself, you know, the other side of it. So uh it's it's so interesting with rookies and the depth chart and how they sort of get the opportunity or lack of, lack thereof to to start the process and, and where that sort of leads them along the way. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence
1: is a starter for the Jaguars, that's a joke. Sure. And just because today you know, Mitch, you took the ones or started with the ones. Lawrence might do it tomorrow just because Carter was with the ones today. Maybe he'll be with the twos tomorrow. Devontae Smith was the first receiver going through drills for the Eagles today. It might be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside tomorrow. So just got to wait and see how things play out. But if there's a consistent pattern where Carter is consistently with the ones and we see it in the preseason and same thing with Smith working with the ones, then I think we can absolutely take it to the bank that those guys have gotten those roles locked up. The Devontae Smith thing is interesting because uh, there was
4: three straight passes, according to reports from Jalen Hurts, in their red zone drill, end zone drill, and Darius Slay was following Smith uh, mm-hmm. apparently. And uh, on the first pass, he missed Smith. Hurts missed Smith. On the second pass, they scored touchdown. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Yeah, but in Sirianni, I, I, he said that Jalen Hurts is with the ones for now. Do we get the sense uh, that the Eagles?
4: But they said that they, he said that at like one of his initial press conferences also that. He has to earn the job. So it's, it's all, again, it's, it's posture. You believe what you, it, it, we, we're going to say this a lot. If you have a feeling on a player and you read something or from a beat writer or, or a report, it's going to only encourage what you believe. If it's the other way, mm-hmm. you're going to go that way, too. So that's the that's this process for for fantasy. You know, if you have a, a, a conviction on somebody and you hear something good, like a, every Clyde edwards Hilaire report for Dan is going to make him so excited that we're going to be hard <laughs> to contain him. No, Every Devontae Smith report for you is going to be hard to contain you, Adam.
3: <laughs> Devontae Smith? Yeah. I want no positive reports. Keep that ADP
4: low. <laughs> That's right.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, he, he could definitely rise. Carter could rise. Do you think Carter could rise ahead of, say, Chase Edmonds if they say he's he's the starter?
3: Without a doubt.
4: Yeah, I, I think the only way that definitely happens is if you know, you're know you hearing more of a competition in Arizona. Um because th- that, I think, you know, th- they're they're very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, I think how people are going to view them. Then it comes down to the team. The Cardinals are obviously a much better right, team than the Reds. Right. And so, you know, who has the better chance to put up higher production? So
1: I'm already taking Carter ahead of Edmonds. Really? So. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, they're back-to-back for me, so I I, I could be swayed. But uh, I, I think Edmonds' ceiling right now is higher going into the 2021 campaign.
0: Okay. Because I, I did take very seriously the report that the competition in Arizona was really in name only. So if Chase Edmonds is really the starter, I'm going to take... I think most people are going to feel like, well, I'm going to take him over the Jets starting running back, even if he is an exciting young prospect. Um, All right. uh, Pittsburgh GM Kevin Colbert could be disappointed if Najee Harris... Would be disappointed if Najee Harris were not a three-down back. Not a huge surprise. We know how the Steelers like to use their running backs. Uh, NFL.com saying that Michael Thomas could start the season on the pup list. If that happens... As soon as he'd be eligible to return is week seven. Uh, Gus Edwards. Which makes
4: sense because their bye is week six.
0: Yep. Gus Edwards is on the reserve COVID list.
4: Wait, would that be week seven or week it eight? It would be though? week
1: eight. He has to so have a that's minimum what I thought, of six games.
0: But I did read week seven, but I said, but yeah, it has six games, not six weeks. He
1: wouldn't be back until Tampa Bay in week eight. Okay. Right. And, and
4: I think you've heard me say this a lot, Adam. It's the bye, then it's. Seattle, I think, is week yep, seven. Yeah, that's Seattle. And then it's Tampa Bay and Atlanta back-to-back weeks. So those two division games, I think, would be huge for the Saints.
0: Um, what else we got? Yeah, Gus Edwards on the COVID list. It's early, so, so you know, it's not a, a huge deal. Hopefully, he's feeling right. fine, obviously. Better now than later. Um, Curtis Samuel on the pup list. That was interesting. Uh, you he's know.
4: had, according to ESPN, he's had this lingering, I think it's a groin injury mm-hmm. um, since minicamp. So not good that it's still something that's bothering him. But obviously this is the type of thing, you know, as Dan alluded to with Edward Silaire, if you believe in Curtis Samuel and you think he's going to be fine, and we find he's gonna be fine, these things drive down price and then you get the player you want at a much better value. Well,
0: what do you guys think about the Randall Cobb trade? Do you think he could be valuable in like a Cole Beasley way? Just a lot of catches, PPR, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. He he would be kind of like at the low end of that concept where he's like 10 PPR points a week is what you're looking for. Five or six in non PPR. You're looking for him to score a touchdown if you're in a non PPR, half PPR league. But he could end up being a vampire, taking away numbers from everybody else in that offense. He could take targets away from Jones, Tunyon, maybe even Adams. It's definitely from Lazard and Valdez Scantling. So it's. It's probably going to be a situation that helps Rodgers and is a receiver that you can probably find on the waiver. I don't see him getting drafted except in like deep PPR leagues. There is
4: no ceiling for Randall Cobb, there is only a floor. And so yeah. he takes away any hope you had. And I know this is probably for you, Adam, takes away any hope for Mario Rodgers for year one. Yeah, he that's takes bummer. Away anything yeah. for what Lazard and, and Valdez Scantling were maybe going to do, you know, if you still had a belief in them. It's going to take touchdowns away from Tunyon, who's not going to get an uptick in targets because why would you? Um, I don't think it hurts Adams or Aaron Jones, to be honest, because those guys are, I think, dialed into their roles. Um, Rogers strikes me as somebody, especially after listening to him today, he wants Devontae Adams to get paid. And so I'm going to guess he's still going to pepper him and pepper him and feed him and feed him and do whatever he can to get him his contract.
3: And I think a lot of people will use Cole Beasley's 2020 to justify a lot of these third receivers on a team, but – I don't think it works for most of these teams because the Bills were one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL, to the point where their offensive coordinator this offseason said, we're not going to look for any kind of balance with the running game. We'll just want to run better when we run the ball. So I don't really see most of these offenses supporting that third receiver.
0: Okay. Cobb was not bad in 2019 with the Cowboys. He had 828 yards, 55 catches. Only three touchdowns, but even in his last few seasons with Green Bay, when Aaron Rodgers was awesome, 2016 and 2018, Rodgers got hurt in 2017. I, I mean, Cobb wasn't that good. 610 yards in 2016, in 13 games, but still not very good and <clears throat> uh, terrible in nine games in uh, in 2018. So he's 31, and yeah, he, he unfortunately for me, I just I'm not drafting Amari Rogers anymore, and I was. Excited to be right about a rookie wide receiver, you know, <laughs> keep that streak alive. But oh well. Um, all right.
4: Still a good dynasty hold though, because that's oh, yeah. what happened.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are on the pup list. So maybe an opportunity nah. here for Jay Now you Wally. know it's training camp. <laughs> <laughs> and some others, some offensive linemen. Look, it's training They can come off the pup list whenever they want, basically. If they start the season on the pup list, then they have to miss at least six games. All right. So let's get to our mock draft from last night. Jamie, Dave, and I had late picks. Dan, you had, what, the fourth pick?
3: Yes, I did.
0: Dave had the... Se- oh, he had a middle pick. I'm sorry. He had the seventh pick. I had the 10th pick, and Jamie had the 12th pick. And Jamie did go with four wide receivers to start, so we will see how that played out. This was 12 teams, full PPR, start, three wide receivers, and a flex. Um, all right. If you looked at the draft... What was the best pick that wasn't yours? Anybody got one? Best pick that wasn't yours?
1: Mm, there was one that stood out to me. What do you got? I, got? I got Justin Herbert going, I think it's 91st overall. Nope, 92nd overall to Scotty Angle. I thought that was a really good value. I'm fine taking Herbert as early as round seven. I think he's going to be worth that return in ADP. To get him two rounds after that, that's that's straight-up stone-cold stealing by Scotty. All
0: right, Justin Herbert. Uh, Dan, Jamie?
3: Yeah, I, I think the one for me, and it's going to be the same one in most drafts because I don't see his ADP rising to the point where he's not a value in drafts. It's Antonio Brown, round eight, pick seven by Towers. I just feel like in this wide receiver core, there's no guarantee to me that Godwin and Evans are going to get a lot more targets than Brown. Brown has a good rapport with Brady. They like each other. They play well together. Brown could easily be a much better player in year two in Bruce Arian's system, just knowing the system better, having you know more of his legs under him from having the full offseason. So I'll be buying Brown all offseason until his ADP rises at least a full round more than where it's at right now. Do you know who was picked directly
0: after Antonio Brown?
3: No, oh, yeah, I was looking at it since I had a pick near it. I took Lavisca Chenault right after him. I would have rather had Brown and then Marvin Jones. No, These no, I don't mean the-
0: I don't mean the wide receivers. I mean the player that was right okay. after Brown.
3: The player right after him was Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah. So you guys went with back-to-back picks with your yeah. favorite picks, <laughs> and I actually my favorite pick was probably in round eight too. It was Russell Wilson. But uh, so, Jamie, how about you? Do you want to go outside of round eight for the best pick?
4: Yeah, I was just looking at it. Uh, Jalen Hurts in round ten. Um, You know, this is still a quarterback. I think that has top five upside based on his rushing ability. And you know, we—it's so hard to say quarterbacks with our drafts because they go later than most. um, You know, so I don't think Herbert's going that late. I don't think Russell Wilson's going that late. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going that late. But when you talk about where he goes in terms of the quarterbacks, he's going to go, I think, in the mix of those guys, depending on if you are in the Hurts camp or not. But if he plays to the the sample size that he showed us last year in those three and a half starts. He could be a 4,000, 1,000 guy. And that's hard to overlook what that type of player mm-hmm. can be at that position.
3: And he did it with the worst off op- his offensive line will be. There's no way the Eagles' offensive line will be as bad
1: as it was last year. Unless they all get hurt again, which is. Yeah, uh, I guess it's possible. Disaster. Landon Dickerson's already on the sideline. Who? Landon Dickerson. He was expected oh, yeah, yeah. to be, though, when Not, they
4: drafted him. He was. Right. And, and Jalen Rager had a weird report. There was a real report on, on Jalen Rager that he was he showed up when they're stretching portion uh, in sneakers. And so it looked like he was going to miss practice. And then I saw a report that he went and quickly got his cleats on. Maybe he was dealing with something. He said he felt okay. I don't know. Uh, But apparently he was fine at practice. But the receiving core is going to be better. Offensive line is going to be better. He's going to have experience. You know, he's been throwing with these guys. So uh, to your, you know, your situation that you brought up earlier, Adam, I think he's the quarterback. (laughs) I think he's going to have a
1: big season.
0: All right. What's the worst pick in the draft, Dave? Biggest reach?
1: I don't know if I'm prepared. Yeah, we saw Austin Eckler go sixth overall. That was an auto pick. <laughs> so I don't know if that really counts as, as a reach.
0: No, that was an auto pick based on a cue, though. So that was Chris would have taken Austin Eckler there.
1: OK, so then I'll say that I think sixth overall, even in a full PBR, is too soon for Austin Eckler. I think he's got a chance to be very good, provided that he stays healthy. I think he's a good fit for what this offense is. But we don't know if he's going to have that short yardage goal line role. That would theoretically put a cap on how many touchdowns that he scores, and we know that he's been nicked up and has missed time over the past couple of years. If that happens again, that's obviously a major bummer. I'm uh, I'm 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 cool with taking Austin Eckler in the first round of PPR leagues. I just think this was too soon.
0: Well, I'll, I guess I'd push back, you know, just to play devil's advocate. Last year, when he was healthy, so that was two weeks he left with an injury. Remove those, I know. Yeah, when he was healthy and playing with Justin Herbert. He was on pace to be RB5, and that was with a 16-game pace of only four touchdowns. But he was on pace for 105 catches.
3: Yeah. So we also have Lombardi coming in who has a history of if we're going to go by those Saints days, a history of multiple yeah. multiple running backs in his offense. Well,
0: But Eckler's never been a feature back except for, I'd say, four games. Right. When the Gordon, four games
1: when Melvin Gordon was out.
0: Right, and he scored four touchdowns in those games. And he scored three one-yard touchdowns, two rushing, one receiving. But Lombardi, I mean, Alvin Kamara has 80 catches every year. Right. So I think if, if it's going to look like the Saints offense with a short passing game and the running back involved, that'd be a good thing, I think, for Eckler.
4: Dave, he's your number eight player.
1: How far should he go? <laughs> no, I think he should be I think he should be in the back half of round one. So he's in the first half of round one here. I can give it's you another name. Based on your rankings. If if you want if you want another one that I think was even worse, it was Daryl Henderson going 38th overall. That one to me was you know tough. That's early round four for Henderson. I have a hard time taking him in late round four. I get it. If you want him, you want a running back that's got potential to be a good workhorse, he's fine in late round four, I guess but I thought 38th overall was too soon on Henderson.
0: So the running back that went before him was Chris Carson, that was 4 picks before Henderson. Henderson started that that range of, you know, running backs that we don't necessarily feel great about, but it's Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, that group. Okay, so Henderson uh in full PPR going 38th overall. Uh Jamie, how about you? Did you have a worst pick?
4: Um mm.
0: I gave the instructions before the show. Nobody, I think that's
3: why. I got one.
0: Dave said Eckler because I I got one. If you want to give me
3: a little bit of time here, yeah, mine's going to be Josh Jacobs here at at, uh, in the fourth round at pick ten. I just really ultimately see next to no ceiling for Josh Jacobs. This is actually a stat from Graham Barfield but I thought it was a really good one. He said he was the most game script dependent running back in all of fantasy in Raiders wins. He had yeah. 21.1 fantasy points per game in Raiders losses. He had 10.3 fantasy points per game. That's Jacobs and 17 of his 19 career touchdowns have come in wins. And I just don't see that Raiders team winning many games. That defense is still at least one off season away from being competitive Derek Carr is Derek Carr. That offensive line has been on the downward trend and losing players, losing their best players via trade, via whatever it may be. So to me, I just see no ceiling with Jacobs, and I ultimately don't see much of a floor. Ten point per game is not much of a floor. And what you're doing when you're drafting him in round four, even at the end of round four, is you're passing up on some potentially high upside receivers like Brandon Ayuk, who went right after him. And so to me, it's just not a pick I'll ever be making.
1: The dude only had five games with fifteen plus PPR points last year. That's when he wasn't sharing that much, and when his offensive line was pretty good. Now Kenyon Drake's there. I think that's going to take work away from him, and I think the offensive line is still kind of a question mark. It is, it is a question mark, but
4: they were they were twenty fourth according to Pro Football Focus. So is is it going to be worse or is it going to be better? By you know they got rid of names. You know did they get rid of better players? That's the question.
3: Did they replace them with better players? Well, they made lots of arguably fans. the biggest reach in the draft. Yeah, but that's kind of consistent now from were, Mike Mayock.
0: I don't think they replaced him, but they were very hurt last year too. So Incognito's back, right? He's back and yep. that's good. And Colton Miller he's was, was he's
4: their Miller best was lineman. Back. Somehow, the biggest loss is going to be Hudson. You know, losing, yeah. losing him I think is the one that they'll regret.
0: Okay, um, yeah, it was an interesting pick. You took Miles Sanders one pick before uh, yep. Frank took josh jacobs and uh, the, uh i guess colton miller did play played 14 games last year for them so only missed a couple of games
3: uh um, dan you took waller over your guy i'm sorry said that oh over Clyde edwards helaire yeah, yeah. I, i'm big on the the get one of the three tight ends if i can get one this year
0: jamie you have a worst pick or shall we move on you can move on all right next topic <laughs> all
4: the worst picks were auto picks
3: <laughs>
0: what was your toughest decision How about Dan? You want to kick it off? What was your toughest draft decision?
3: Yeah, so for me, it was Miles Sanders in round four, um, pick nine. At this point of the draft, I'm thinking in these terms, yes, it's a PPR league, and when I'm taking Sanders here, I'm giving up guys I know can be super helpful in PPR, like Cooper Cup, who I would have drafted otherwise, Brandon Ayuk, not as likely, but Deontay Johnson, another player who was right on my list. But at the time I'm looking at it, I see a big drop-off for me at running back. The next running backs taken were... Josh Jacobs, Miles Gaskin, I'm um, trying to see a Kareem Hunt, players I'm just not very high on, and I don't see much of a ceiling on for any of those players besides maybe Gaskin. Um, so I just felt like I needed to get that third running back in, and then I don't have to worry about the position for a while. I don't think I drafted one for another, you know, four to six rounds after that because I had three in place. And it just feels good to have some three players who I can at least project for potentially high workloads. It doesn't always work out like that, but it was it was definitely a tough call in a PPR league to take this many running backs early. Okay, so you started
0: your team, what were your first four picks?
3: Uh, I had Waller, uh, Sanders, I started with Kamara, and then my third round pick was DeAndre Swift.
0: Okay. So you have Kamara, Waller, Swift, Miles Sanders with your first four picks. Correct. All right. Uh, Dave, what was your toughest decision?
1: I I really don't think I had a a really excruciating decision to make. I mean, it's fantasy football. We're drafting. It's all supposed to be fun. But I did have to make a call in round three on uh, David Montgomery versus Allen Robinson. Do I I already had two running backs. Did I really need a third? Did I want to go over the top there and just stock up on running backs? Or did I want to take a safe... um, producing wide receiver, a guy that should be good for over 15 PPR points per week. I I went with the running back. I wanted to have a stockpile of running backs. I think that gives my team a big advantage. And I know that I'll get a downgrade at wide receiver by passing on Allen Robinson, but it wasn't that big of a downgrade. I got Chris Godwin in the next round who doesn't have the upside that Allen Robinson has, obviously, but in a full PPR league, I think he can be pretty steady and pretty consistent.
0: Does he not have the upside because he doesn't? have I don't the catch. think he
1: does unless Evans or Brown get hurt. I just yeah. think that there are so many guys in that offense that Brady can lean on.
0: But what? But but there might be at least fifteen more touchdown passes that you know he would probably in that have to, offense.
1: Sure, he probably has four, four or five, four or five more
0: touchdowns than Allen Robinson, which could happen.
1: I, I guess it could. I think it'd be more like at best, two more touchdowns than Allen Robinson. But I think Robinson could end up with more catches and oh, certainly yeah. more targets and more yards.
0: Yeah, so so did you end up liking the decision, Montgomery over Robinson? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Tell me if you guys buy this. Allen Robinson is the bridge-wide receiver. Remember last year I was talking about... Um, I think Aaron Jones is the bridge running back, whatever. He ended up being better than that. Allen Robinson is the bridge-wide receiver. He goes after the really exciting group of young wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Jefferson, Metcalf, McLaurin, uh, Keenan Allen in that mix, too. Not, not that he's so young. But he goes before Godwin, Cooper, Lamb, the ones that we really like, but we don't know how many targets they're going to get. You know, Robert Woods being that group, too. So he is like firmly planted as a bridge between two tiers, Allen Robinson. Buy it? Sell it? He could
4: be. I, I think it. for me it's hard to separate him and Keenan Allen, though. I, I think they're very similar. They're both going to be... High catch guys, touchdowns are going to be somewhat of an issue. Um, you know, one had the young quarterback last year, one's gonna have the young quarterback this year. So I, I I kind of have those two kind of married together. So if you want to say they're both the bridge, I can I can buy into that. But um, it's almost like you're you're settling for them in some cases as opposed to targeting them. Uh so you know, if, if you want to go that route, but I I think they're still very good, you know, and, and you can make a case, you know, as much as I like McLaurin, they're they're safer than him. Uh they might be safer than, than Metcalf as well. So uh, I, safe, I, I don't know if I'd put Robinson in that category.
1: I I think, I think you're right. I don't think anybody goes in a draft saying, i got to get Allen Robinson. But if you put Robinson and Allen in the same kind of bubble as McLaurin, and I think Robert Woods belongs in there too, uh, maybe you target one of those four with a pick in from the middle of round three to maybe if you're lucky, if you're lucky, early round four. And those four make up the bridge to the next tier. And uh, basically, what are the high-end number two receivers?
0: Okay, Jamie, did you have a toughest decision?
4: I mean, I struggled a little bit with uh, Lamb versus Cooper. And I, I have Cooper ranked higher, but I took Lamb for two reasons. One, the health situation right now. But two, knowing that I was going to buy into you know going zero RB, that I wanted the player who has, at least today, more upside. So I, I took Lamb uh, a week from now. That should hopefully be Cooper if he's back, or two weeks from now, whenever he's off the pup list. But uh, I I took Lamb as the third receiver on my team. Uh, the other one, and this is just being playing hindsight, is uh, I would have taken a tight end sooner. I would have instead of taking Julio Jones at the start of the fourth round, I would have taken one of Hawkinson, Andrews, <laughs> or Pitts. You know, just to you know probably thinking ahead of Heath is probably going to take Andrews at some point. You're going to probably take Hawkinson at some point. Again, this is knowing who you're drafting with. Um, and knowing who who the, the the players people target, and that Pitts was probably going to go at some point in that range, that I should have thought it out a little more and said, "Give me the tight end a little early," uh, knowing that I wasn't going to, you know, most likely have it. Now the way it played out was, uh, all three of those guys went right in front of my pick, right. so it, it nearly worked out in my favor. However, um, if I was going to commit to this, I think getting the 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 security at tight end is, is a little bit better to go, better way to go. All
0: right, let's talk about this. This is a, this is important here. So Jamie had the. 11th pick? 12th pick. Okay, Jamie had the 12th pick. His first two picks were Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. Third round pick was...
4: CD Lamb C- and Julio
0: Jones. CD Lamb and Julio Jones. So that was his three wide receivers in his flex right there. Mm-hmm. So now, at 60th overall, he was hoping to get one of Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts. They yep. went 57th, 58th, and 59th. So he just missed. So you're saying, in hindsight, that you should have taken... If you had known, no, none of those three would have been there with your sixth, uh, your fifth, sixth round pick, right? That turn, yep. that you would have taken one of them at the three, four over Julio Jones. That I mean, isn't that reaching for tight end and passing up? Yeah, but but again, players? just th-
4: this is this is more about knowing your league, and so knowing that you like Hawkinson, Frank like Hawkinson, I believe. Um, Heath likes Andrews, but he typically goes in that range. Pitts is going to go in that range. That. Playing it out, I should have realized I'm most likely not going to get one of those guys. Now, the fact that it all happened right in front of me is a little bit more frustrating in that regard. But I could have st- still gone with a decent fourth receiver, and the options that I would have considered were Galladay, Juju, Cortland Sutton. You know, just in terms of how I have it ranked, in at least uh, by memory. Um, as opposed to Julio and what I ended up with at tight end because I just decided at that point that I wasn't going to reach for anybody. And then guys just started going different spots that, that I wasn't able to get. Uh, Troutman or Herb Smith or uh, Higby or, you know, the the, the guys that I like late. So I ended up with Blake Jarwin. So the combination of Julio Jones and Blake Jarwin versus Hawkinson and
3: Galladay, I like the latter obviously better than I do well, the former. but no, but... That-
0: Right, so you're not but, including but,
3: your next round pick. Right? right, exactly.
0: You can't exactly make that comparison.
3: Because you, you didn't use the next pick to get Jarwin.
4: Right, right. No, but I'm saying just, you know, in terms of my lineup, you know, I'm looking at uh-huh. my lineup is that's my tight end, you know, so whoever, maybe, but you know, you want to throw you, Dallas Goddard in there. If I would have gone tight end, you know, the next guy on, on, on my list or Irv Smith two rounds later, you know what I mean?
0: But you can't take, you can't take one of those three tight ends 37th overall. No, you could. That's, but that's if the you, point if, that Jamie's making. And this
4: goes back to Dave's, you know, comment about Daryl Henderson being one of the worst picks. As we said during the draft when it happened, it was uh, Mike Miller, a uh, pig fan. What is it? Pig Jet, Bear, Bear, Jet Bear, fan? Jet, Bear Jet
0: fan. Yeah, Big man. Bear Jet
4: fan. <laughs> um, fan. One of our, our listeners. So for, for those of you that are going to see the draft, um, what we do Tuesday nights is if you like our YouTube page, right? Am I saying this correctly? Yeah.
0: If you, if you Yeah, if you click like on the stream or on the like YouTube. Like on the stream,
4: uh, and we get to 100, 200, 300, however many we get to, uh, it could just be um, Adam drafting with 11 of our <laughs> listeners at some point. Um, <laughs> but if you like our stream, you know, we give you the chance. Ben Trager at random picks people to draft wow. with us. And so we had two people drafting with us last night. So Mike um, uh, picked is the one who picked Daryl Henderson in, in the fourth round. Or th- was late third or early fourth? I forget. Early um, fourth. Uh he was picking 11th. He was never going to get Daryl Henderson again if he didn't pick him there. I was never going to get the way it worked out. And and again, it was right in front of me. But I, most likely, I was not going to get those tight ends. So should I have picked those tight ends at that spot? No. But knowing your league is important when you do your draft.
0: Yeah, but, I, but even if you it. know your league... But okay, sorry. Even if you know your league mm-hmm. and, and you knew for a fact that you weren't going to get one of those tight ends, you would have taken Hawkinson 37th overall? Yeah, I, I think looking
4: back on it last night, you know, and as I wrote the story, I don't think I really decided I was going to do this until the draft started. You know, that I was going to go, I kind of had the idea I was going to go receiver, receiver, but I didn't know what was going to happen in the third and fourth round. So like, you know, when Dan's talking about Miles Sanders, he was somebody I was considering at the 3-4 turn. Um, Miles Gaskin was somebody I was considering at the 3-4 turn. Uh, you took Chris Carson, I think, two or three picks right in front of me. You know, so if Carson had fallen, I would have considered Carson. So, you know, those are the guys I, I, I kind of had an idea of what I was going to do. I also thought maybe I'd take Mahomes at that spot, you know, and if I was going to commit to this, if he was uh, still available as well. But as it unfolded, I, again, hindsight, I should have probably said, okay, I'm going to commit to this. Is my fourth receiver better than one of my top five or six tight ends? And so that's the, the the you know, the bargain you have to, the the trade-off you have to make with yourself.
1: But I I think think this is also like part of the pitfall of drafting at 12 is that you're, you're almost resigned to taking value with every pick that you get. Uh, You can, you can absolutely go and reach for players if you really want them. Like if Jamie had strong, strong conviction on Hawkinson and he took him at 37 or 36, we would have said, all right, it's a little early, but he really wanted him. So that's fine to go get him. What I actually think Jamie did was perfectly fine that he just, he took good value when he was up and he knew, look, he knew he would find tight ends later on. He knew he'd find running backs and quarterbacks later on. Those receivers, it's the greatest collection of receivers anyone's ever done in one of our mocks. Yes. Uh, it's it's awesome. So, yeah, he's going to play from behind at all the other positions. But I'm, i am I think that's what you're stuck doing if you're picking at 12 or 1, is yeah. that with those back-to-back turns, you just have to take best available most of the time. And this is this is the crux in general. And we don't need to get into this tangent of snake
3: drafts versus salary cap drafts and why I think they're completely unbalanced snake drafts, because when you're stuck in these ends of this draft, you're forced to basically play value or reach. But I will say this if you're going to buy into the zero running back strategy like Jamie did here and he went all in, then you got to buy into the all of it. And part of it is that you want to try to win the flex. So by getting Julio Jones, you're not just getting a fourth receiver there or whatever it may be. You're getting, you're beating everyone out at that flex spot. You're getting the best possible flex right there that anyone has in this league he's going to be the best flex you uh of, of anyone in the league so to me i like the pick from that standpoint too because you're you're buying into the full zero running back strategy thing
1: and I here i was thinking was we were the about theory. to get
3: into a cd lamb conversation <laughs> yeah somehow we went into the a lot here
1: yeah
0: okay so well, let's see if zero rb work let's talk about our teams here and whether or not we like them uh, again, Dan had the fourth pick. Dave had the seventh pick. I had the 10th pick. You haven't heard about my team. I'll tell you a little bit later. It was basically the most, or is it cookie cutter? Just they, you know, basic the way, if you want to like your team coming out of the draft, do what I did drafting 10th. And I really like this team. So I'm not crapping on it at all. Uh, but I was lucky that Zeke fell to 10. So I guess that, Just that make was... sure
3: you don't ju- drop Justin Jefferson week two. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, but boring. I will drop Amari Rodgers. We'll have no problem with that. All right, so um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start breaking down our teams and beginning with Jamie's. We'll see how that zero running back strategy played out. We'll be right back on Fantasy
1: Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
2: in every journey. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right, by the way,
0: I forgot to mention this. This draft story about it is published on the website. The link is in the episode description so you can follow along while we talk about it or, you know. 30 minutes ago, but let's, uh, let's get into it. Jamie, do you think zero RB worked? Talk about your, your team. Give us your squad.
4: I mean, it worked to a certain extent, but you know, this is the type of thing. And and Heath brought this up on on the stream last night. It's not going to look pretty because of when you see the, the running back position, but you have to sort of play it out to see how it's going to work out because the waiver wire is so important when you go this route. So my quarterback is Lamar Jackson. He was the first player that I took after the the four receivers. And then my running back group is, and you know, you're going to you make throw up, uh, but it's Devontae Williams and Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, and Samaj P. Ryan. That's not the order I drafted them, but that's the group. So it's the two Broncos guys, um, Zach Moss, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, and Samaj P. Ryan. So again, as Dan said, I'm not going to play three running backs. You know, Dave is committed to playing three running backs based on how he drafted. He doesn't have to, but that's the commitment he made early on in his draft. Uh, by comparison, I made the commitment to play Julio Jones, and so as long as he's healthy, that's going to be the the four guys I I, I play, uh, and as well as the wide receiver. Um, the, I guess that was another tough choice I had was taking Melvin Gordon over uh, David Johnson or James Conner. Um, I, I think Conner might have still been on the board, but I thought at that point I had taken. Uh, Williams I think I might have taken Gordon second or I took Zach Moss second I don't remember I go back and look but I was like let me see if I get one backfield and see how that plays out because I committed to Javante Williams as the first running back that I took in round six in any event uh, you know the receivers Hill Diggs Lamb Jones I also took Taquan Smith and Devonte Parker so uh, if one of those guys hit I have trade bait and then Jarwin unfortunately is the only tight end that I have but if he's healthy and right he can still have some sleeper appeal and was my 14th round selection
0: Okay, so, well, you know, obviously running backs are weak, but if he's an injury away, like if Latavius Murray's on his team. And and I think, honestly, a team like that might come down to Lamar Jackson. If your wide receivers are good, and they will be good, maybe not all four, but three of them should be pretty damn good. Um, if Lamar Jackson has another ridiculous year, it really probably won't matter how good your running backs are, as long as they're not horrible. So, um, all right, that was uh, the 12th pick. Dan, you had the fourth pick. Let's hear your squad and if you liked it.
3: Yeah, so with the fourth pick, my squad finalizes as this Ryan Tannehill is my starting quarterback, and I think it was one of my better value picks. I have Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift as my starting running backs. Receivers obviously weak when you have this start and you go Darren Waller as your tight end in round two, but my receivers are Adam Thielen, T. Higgins, Odell Beckham Jr. as my starters. Then Obviously, I mentioned Waller's my starting tight end, and then my flex for now will be Miles Sanders. And then what I tried to do is load up on the bench on receivers with some upside. I think the only one I truly landed with a lot of upside was LaVisha Chenault. You I do to think do that, moved. huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, once you fill out you know, most of your roster with running backs to tight end and a quarterback, it's tough to get too much upside there. But I think Sanders also has some upside, too, there, and that Buffalo offense is going to be incredibly pass-heavy.
0: You have uh, Sterling Shepard, Chennault, Emmanuel Sanders, and Tyrell Williams on your bench. Starting lineup again for Dan. Picking fourth is Tannehill, Kamara, and Swift. Waller at flex. His wide receivers are—no, Waller at tight end. Sorry, Waller at tight end. Sanders at flex. Sanders at flex. His wide receivers are Thielen, Higgins, and Beckham. So,
1: t- you know. You it know. feels like there's not a an obvious weakness On this roster, like you look at Jamie's roster and of course, to begin the season, the way that he built the team, you look at the running backs and you go, okay, that's not ideal. I don't think we can look at any one player on Dan's roster and say, that's not ideal. That's not a, that's not something I would want to have in my starting lineup to begin the season. So I think it's a good balanced team. So it's funny to me
3: because I agree with that that statement Dave and on paper my roster looks better than Jamie's maybe because it looks more balanced but I would take Jamie's roster over mine right now this is something I rarely do with these three running backs early I just felt like it fell into the right spots value wise where I had to Kamara in a PPR Swift and with the upside in a PPR with Lynn there and then Sanders at that spot but Ultimately, for me, like you mentioned before, like, oh, he only needs three of those four receivers to hit. I actually think all four need to hit, and I think they will, but if all four hit, he has such an advantage at that flex spot, having Julio there versus everything else we're going to trot out. Even, you know, Miles Sanders is my flex that looks good now, but But, when the injuries start to hit it, receipt at running back. Yeah, but I don't
0: know why you say that Miles Sanders can't be better than Julio Jones. Julio Jones is going to a team that historically, I mean, I always forget, four or five years in a row, they're bottom five in pass attempts. Well, so, Dan,
4: Dan needs Julio to be good because he's got Tannehill. Right.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, Tannehill, Tannehill's been very good without Julio, you know, and and Sanders, if he can reclaim, you know, if he can really stake his claim as the number one running back on the Eagles, he could definitely be better than Julio Jones.
3: But there's more ifs in my mind with players like Sanders and even DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, than there is with somebody like Julio. I know it seems like Julio is a big if, but he's been incredibly productive every game he's been healthy for for so long now.
1: Yeah, he's you know, see, I, I I think there's plenty of ifs on Julio Jones okay. too, and and I get that you. It's interesting that you think that Julio is is the the like the the make or break player on Jamie's team. I don't know if that's even the right term. I think his team turned out great by getting Lamar Jackson in round five. And that's an example of when you're picking at the end of taking value when it's screaming at you. And so having Lamar Jackson get there at 60th overall, I think that's what put his team over the top is one that you would say, okay, I can get over this running back weakness that I've got when I've got four great wide receivers and one of the top five quarterbacks who's also like half a running back or maybe like. Of running back. I, mean, I totally get that. It brings up a good so debate. I think that's what made Jamie's team. good. Like if he ended up with Brady or, or Rogers or something like that, then I, I think his team would probably not. But if, if you go
4: this route, out. you can't commit to that. though. You have to commit to getting, I think, either a difference maker, a quarterback or tight end,
1: if not both. Yes. I, I think it was just, I, I think you mm-hmm. could say that, but I also think it was about just getting good value. And that's what you did with each of your first five picks, if you ask me. It's kind
3: of what comes down to this whole debate. Are you really focusing on the weakness or the strength of the roster? I think when you go zero running back, you're focusing on the strength. And that also works with the tight end strategy, why I'm taking someone like Darren Waller at the end of round two. I'm looking to get an advantage at that tight end position. I'm right. looking to face those lineups, those five to six lineups every week that have the three the three to six points they're getting from the tight end. They're trying to cycle in based on matchups. I'm trying to beat that by you know 10 points or something on a weekly basis.
0: All right, so Dave's team is another balanced team. He went with running backs with his first three picks, Mm. and then Chris Godwin in round four. Uh, Dan went with running back, tight end, running back, running back, so they both had three running backs in their first four picks. Dave, picking seventh, took Jonathan Taylor. What's the rest of your team look like?
1: I thought you're being a little too generous saying that my team is balanced (laughs) when my first three picks were running backs. Taylor in round one, Najee Harris in round two, David Montgomery in round three. Uh, absolutely loved getting those three running backs and, and stockpiling that position. If all three of them get off to a good start, I could potentially trade one to Jamie and get one of those wide receivers to help out my receiving core, which is Godwin, Chase Claypool, Will Fuller. Obviously, can't use Fuller in Week One. I've got, I think I've got Marquise Brown on the bench. I do. Um, tight end deserves Smith, but I also picked up Jonu Smith. Quarterback is Dak Prescott, and that was my example of of finding good value and getting a good deal on a quarterback, and I think that's what puts this team over the top. So I'm a little weak at wide receiver, but I think I'm obviously super strong at running back, and the quarterback being Dak Prescott absolutely helps me um, have a a contending team. I can find wide receivers if I need to later on, but I like my chances with Godwin and Claypool, and, and Fuller might end up being okay. Bench. Uh, this isn't the order that I drafted them in, but here it is anyway. Uh, James Robinson uh, is on my bench. Malcolm Brown is on my bench. I mentioned John U. Smith. Paris Campbell's on my bench. Marquise Brown mentioned him. Trevor Lawrence on my bench. Really like my bench. Really, really like this team overall. This is, this is kind of like how I like to build rosters when I go running back heavy.
0: Who has better wide receivers, Dan or Dave? Dave has Godwin, Claypool, Fuller. And Dan, I forgot your number one.
3: Elon Higgins Beckham. Elon Higgins Dave Beckham. Dave does. Yeah, Dave. Say Dave. Dave. I'll yeah. take Dave in that too. I mean, I, I drafted <laughs> Waller, Waller earlier. It's a big reason why I'm yeah, considering sure, yeah. Waller's essentially my wide receiver one in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Right. And if we include tight ends, then maybe the, the pendulum goes back to Dan because of Waller being there. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to catch a little fire with one of the Smiths.
4: If, <laughs> if Beckham has any bounce back, though, then Dan's group starting group is, is better um, because Thielen and Higgins is, is very similar to Godwin and Claypool on paper going into the season, just based on where they stack up on their respective teams. The one thing I think that the the route that Dan went a little bit, at least what I would have done, like knowing that your receiving core is a little weak, Dave, taking two tight ends and two quarterbacks, I would have rather spent at least one of those picks not both on more receiver depth. Like you say, you're going to find receivers. That's a little tricky. Um, I think you have a better chance mm-hmm. of finding a backup quarterback. Certainly. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, maybe Irv Smith isn't the most secure tight end. And, and I think Dan, you also took a backup 10 if I'm looking at Hunter Henry. Yeah. Hunter Henry. Um, you know, so taking Irv Smith and, and John Irv Smith is fine. I would have probably spent that other pick on, on Trevor Lawrence and almost certainly the pick of Malcolm Brown on two receivers there just to get
1: some, you know, flyers on guys. Lawrence was literally my last pick. So I don't know what receiver was out there that I could have picked up to you know, change that opinion on my receiver depth. The Malcolm Brown call is a good one. I could have gone receiver there. Malcolm Brown might've made it to my next pick. Might've made it to my last pick.
4: Yeah. As as I said last night, like Malcolm Brown does, it's to me, it's like Randall Cobb. There's no ceiling play for him. I think he's more of a floor play.
3: And you mentioned Adam how like both Dave's roster looks balanced, my roster looks balanced. I think this is just how it plays out when people draft running backs early because it seems on paper like these receivers can be good and like these receivers can fill out spots better than some of the running backs you get when you go uh, you know, zero running back like Jamie did in this example, but ultimately it doesn't always play out like that. The receiver, these back end receivers that, you know, don't always look, don't always produce how they look on paper right after the draft is completed. And I think that's the value in the zero running back strategy. And, and, you know, that goes into a deeper discussion on fantasy, but I do think it's always going to look more balanced when you go running backs early.
0: Well, my team actually not going to lie, really love how this turned out, but that's, Really, a a lot of it because Ezekiel Elliott fell to me 10th overall. Um, Heath took Devontae Adams 9th. Jonathan Taylor went ahead of him. Who else? Eckler went ahead of him. Who was the 8th pick? The 8th pick was Aaron Jones. Um, So I got Zeke 10th. And basically, you know, I didn't intentionally do this, but I I kind of like filled out a starting lineup with my first 6 picks. I guess 7. So I have Kyler Murray at quarterback. I have Zeke and Carson at running back. I have Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, and Brandon Cooks, I believe was my seventh round pick at wide receiver. And I have TJ Hawkinson. So, and David, my flex is a little weak. It's David Johnson, but I'm actually fine with David Johnson as my flex. But I, I love this team. This is what happens when you go, if you have a late pick, you go running back combination of two running backs, two wide receivers with your first four picks. I think you can feel very, you know, you can feel a level of safety there. But Chris Carson is really a big player for me. He's the last running back that I'm really happy to get as my RB2. Is after that it's Henderson and it's Miles Sanders and it's Jacobs and I I definitely could see myself as the offseason goes along bringing someone else in that group. I, I could see myself being high on Miles Sanders again, but I really mm-hmm. like Carson. I I know Dave doesn't but uh, you like you
3: know, him even in full point PPR like this? Yeah, I do. You
0: know, last year he had a role in the passing game. They they threw the ball more, and he was part of it. He is without question their number one running back. I don't think he has a lot of competition. He just needs to stay healthy. But Carson has been a very consistent high end number two running back. So he's a really important player for me. If I have a late pick, if I can get him, Jamie said earlier, if, if Carson had been available with his pick. Uh, 36th overall, he would have considered him there 37th overall with the fourth round pick. So
4: Yeah, I would have gone uh, three receivers and Carson for sure.
0: Yeah, so I have Murray, Zeke Carson, Cooper, Ridley, Cooper Cooks, Hawkinson, and David Johnson. Top five wide receiver, top five quarterback, top five tight end balance of running back and receiver. This, I think top five
1: running back and Zeke.
0: Yeah, this is a team that I feel very comfortable with. I was happy with it.
1: And, and top Which, five who did you, to, who'd you take in round five? Was it Hawkinson or Kyler?
0: It was Hawkins,
1: and then Kyler in Bastard. round six. So that, to me, getting Kyler in round six was the cherry on top. So that the, was awesome. Value. Here's
0: the here's the here's the thing. The the toughest pick for me was actually Kyler Murray. Um, at that point, when I took Kyler in round six, I'm assuming Josh Allen was off the board, right? So was,
4: three quarterbacks are gone. Allen actually went first to uh, Mr. Auto Pick, right? And then Patrick Mahomes was second. I took Lamar Jackson third. He's my third quarterback. And then right after that in the same round was Kyler and deck.
0: So I knew. I had a long way to go before my seventh round pick. I knew I wasn't getting Kyler or Dak. All right. I could gamble and see if Wilson lasted, and he did. I'm pretty sure he did. I could have taken Russell Wilson. So I could have... Which combination do you like better? Kyler Murray and Brandon Cooks or T. Higgins and Russell Wilson?
4: Who's Who's Brandon Cook's quarterback? Tyrod <laughs> Tyrod Taylor.
3: Tyron- I like T. Higgins. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, Tyron I mean, Taylor. I'm not all that high on Cooks. Unless if it's Deshaun John Watson was. and
0: Cooks, then I would take Cooks. If yeah, it's we'll no. Watson no, 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 right. and
3: Cooks, then I would take Higgins.
0: I, right. no, no, I, I like Higgins better. I'm saying, do you like the combination of Kyler yes. and Cooks? I, I, would,
4: I would rather have Kyler and Cooks if the quarterback situation is in his favor. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd go the other route.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be Tyrod Taylor.
1: Oh. Wouldn't you have hated to have Carson and... Wilson though, no, you'd have been okay with that.
0: I think they're going to be a great offense. I got no problem with that.
3: I also don't know if you can assume right now the Tyrod Taylor thing because I think the NFL is going to take a while to to rule on that. He he may be playing this year, Watson. Well, I don't know if it'll I be. I don't with think it's the good. that's
0: the thing. I don't think it's going to be with the Texans. Okay. That's why okay. I didn't react that strongly. If he's, if he's
1: playing on the scout team and just standing on the field in a hoodie on the first day of training camp, I don't think they have any intention of letting him play quarterback. Gotcha. If we yeah. think
0: Ty, that Deshaun Watson might play for the Texans, then Brandon Cooks is the best value in drafts. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: no, Deshaun Watson start. is the best value well, in drafts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. He might be anyway. Yeah. All right.
0: Um. All right. So those are some different approaches to uh to fantasy football. Hope it was helpful for you. We'll do some fill in the blank to finish the show. I uh, us see if we have time for emails after that. But here we go. Quick fill-in-the-blank from Eric Walsh. I will draft my quarterback in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league in round blank.
1: Five or later.
3: Seven or later. Eight or later for me.
0: Let me ask you this,
3: though. Ten or later. I'm just not drafting him.
0: You know, if you're a guy who likes to wait—or a girl—who likes to wait for Brady or Rogers, Herbert—I don't know, wait for him, but— when you see a 4 point per passing touchdown league does that give you actually more urgency to get one of the mobile quarterbacks take quarterback earlier
1: i'm not reaching i'm still going to look for at least a fair value for a quarterback whether they are you know konami code quarterbacks or not my guess is most
4: most of the top tier guys will go in the range dave suggested you know so you could probably yeah. see around, around three, 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 3 or 4 when right. you know mahomes and Jackson and Kyler and Dak and, and Allen those guys probably still go anyway uh, it's probably you know then the race becomes for Jalen Hurts if he's the starter just because he has so much upside in that format um, but you know Tannehill and and the guys you mentioned Adam the non-mobile quarterbacks you know if if you're getting potential 5,000 yard season from Brady or um, Stafford or you know any of those guys Rogers you'll still be okay
0: passing yards are often overlooked in four point per passing touchdown leagues. Butch touchdowns says Touchdowns
4: are often overlooked. What are? Touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I guess. You mean passing touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah. Butch asks or says I'm willing to go blank rounds before I take an RB in my zero RB strategy.
4: I mean, I went uh 5 and I was deciding between Javante Williams and Michael Carter, you know. So that's the, that's the group you're looking at
3: here. But I think that's the that's the right approach there, Jamie. Because if you're going to go that strategy, that's right around the time you want to go. You want to take one of those upside picks, and Carter or Williams, or maybe if ETN somehow falls. Right
1: now, well, let's had... be real though. Like if if Jamie had a if Chris Carson was there in round three, he might have intended to go zero RB. Is it still zero RB if you take a running back in round three? No. No, no, so like (laughs) you you can call it whatever you want. Like you you can start your draft receiver, 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 tight end, whatever you want to do, but you shouldn't purposely ignore the position just in case some, someone's there at a good value that you say, okay, all right, abort mission. I'll go with a running back after all. The other part of this
4: though, is, you know, we're talking about our drafts and we're looking at the NFC ADP, which are very serious players. The casual player will take all of the quarterbacks that we've just mentioned, those five guys are gonna go probably in the first three rounds. So that pushes down Chris Carson, that pushes down David Montgomery, that pushes mm-hmm. down, you know, uh, you know, whoever else is in that range that you, you may consider. Pushes um, down those tight ends. Uh it, it's definitely gonna push down those tight ends, you know. So but I think you gotta take that into account. So what Dave said is accurate. You know, you go in taking receiver, receiver. I think as we've seen in most years, I I, I would not be surprised if most of our listener drafts have the option of Carson Montgomery at the three, four turn, you know, and then that makes your team a little bit different or, you know, Sanders maybe gets pushed up a little bit just because of his name. Jacobs gets pushed up a little bit because of his name people take those type of guys just because you know who they are. But the other part of it is, is um, what I would have done is I wouldn't have been looking at a running back until round seven or eight, because had one of those tight ends fallen, I would have taken a tight end at round six, you know, mm-hmm. so I would have gone four receivers, quarterback, tight end, and then back to what Dan was saying, you want to have an advantage. It's not Waller, or Kittle, or, or Kelsey, but it's that next group that if they hit, you know, Pitts hits, Andrews hits, Hawkinson hits, um, then I'm in the mix of tight end, difference maker, quarterback, all those receivers, and is there a huge difference between a Javante Williams, Zach Moss <laughs> running back situation or a James Conner, Zach Moss running back situation? There might be, there might not be. And then, you know, it's just, again, you're just stockpiling running backs with the hope that one of those guys hits. All
0: right, next one from Jeremy Myers. If Jalen Hurts starts all 17 games this season, Devontae Smith finishes as wide receiver blank in PPR.
1: 22. Uh, I was going to go a
3: little lower. I was going to say 28. I'm going to go even lower than that. Wide receiver 38. Dude, get yeah, out of here. We'll Giants, I'm not- Giants homer. It's not a Giants Homer pick. I mean, look at just your your the assumption is because there's so there's so little competition for volume there. Is that why it's a guarantee? He's in the top thirty. There the might assumption? be more competition now with Ertz. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, with Ertz back in the mix and Goddard, and you know they're going to want to run the ball. You know they have Sirianni who throws to a lot of running backs. I I don't know. I don't see that much of a volume ceiling there, as I guess everybody else. Well, does. Sirianni's
0: never called plays though.
3: So, we, right? That's true, but he's been part of that offense. I think he's going to take in a lot of what he learned there.
0: Yeah. It's funny that we say, oh, he'd be top 24, he'd be top 20. Dave said 28, Jamie said 22. I was going to say 24. I, we are expecting Jalen Hurts to play 17 games, and nobody right, yeah. nobody has him ranked that high. So Right. Um, okay, uh, from Richard. If I don't draft Travis Kelsey- Richard. Wal- <laughs> What's happening? If I don't draft Kelsey Waller or Kittle in the first two rounds, I'm waiting until round blank to take a tight end.
3: So if, I think this depends on everybody else. For me, it's I'm going to try to get Pitts or um, Pitts. I'm i forgetting Pitts or Andrews. I'm off Hawkinson, and I want that to be known throughout the rest of this draft season. Yes. I'm off Hawkinson. It's <laughs> my one claim to fame. But if I'm not getting either of those two, I'm just waiting entirely at the position, and I'm ta- and I'm I'm going to be playing tight end streaming the entire year.
1: I'm okay with Hawkinson. I'd like to get one of those tight ends in the round five to six range. And if I can't get them, then I would do what I did in this draft. I would wait until the late rounds and grab two young, high upside tight ends. If I can get Troutman and Janu, that's probably ideally what I would want. Irv Smith getting in the mix there. I don't mind that either, but something like that, two tight ends late. Hope one of them hits
0: rapid fire to finish the show. If the Bengals offense clicks, they will be a top blank overall offense.
1: Six.
3: Top 10 for me. Six is a yeah. little bit. I think 10 is fair.
0: I think Jamie's crazy. I was going to say seven. From Next. Jorge, Jalen Waddle <laughs> will finish as a top blank wide receiver.
1: 40, top top five. 45. What was it? What was it? 35. I said 45. Yeah, I'm 40.
0: Uh, Jay Darren Darst, whoever that loser is. Najee Harris will end up as a top blank running back.
1: In my league, he'll be top 12. (laughs) Top 12.
0: Darce is a colleague of ours, probably my favorite colleague. From Battle Hardened, Lamar Jackson will be QB1 if he rushes... (laughs) Is
3: that a shot at all of us?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? What did I say? Lamar Jackson will be QB1 if he rushes... We all know Nando's your favorite. Blank touchdowns. I'll I'll read one more time. Lamar Jackson (laughs) will be QB1 if he rushes for blank touchdowns and throws for blank touchdowns.
1: 50 and 50. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> I'll say if he repeats 35 plus at the yeah, passing down and has like in the six to eight range rushing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, I know I told some people I'd read their emails. We'll do it on the mailbag show on Friday along with your Apple Podcast questions. Please vote for us on podcastawards.com. And thanks everybody for listening. Very much appreciated for Dave, Jamie, and Shell Schneier. You, you've earned it, you've earned the correct pronunciation. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.
2: From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo.
3: Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.